Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Mike Clapoff. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. Okay, today on our show, clocking in at 87 minutes, we're talking about 2008's The Love Guru, directed by Marco Schnabel, Schnabel, because presumably Jay Roach said, fuck you, Mike Myers. <laughs> you want me to do what with this script? What, what, we're doing what now? I made three Austin Powers movies, and now you want me to make this? Jay, you're gonna love this script. I can't. What is Mike Myers' voice? <laughs> I, uh, who does it? Just, Mike Myers just sounds bored all the time. Yeah, and, and I hear, by the way, just yeah. a side note, that he's an ass. That's what I heard too. I, I heard hearsay, rumor. allegedly, allegedly, yes. But this is his like last big passion project. He put like full force behind it. Let me tell you how much force he put behind it. I didn't know this, but I was looking through trivia. In 1998 or so, before The Spy Who Shagged Me was made, apparently there was going to be a character in that movie that was Austin Powers' love guru. Oh. And he apparently was like, no, you know what? I'm going to save that for a really good movie. It's <laughs> too good. I can't waste it on a side character. How long has uh, Deepak Chopra has, Chopra has been in the collective consciousness I don't I know. He was I remember, a big influence on this character, but not really anymore, right? Isn't hasn't his time kind of come and gone? He's still around. But I just it remember seems seeing like he had a, a minute. A where, lot of like like DVDs or something like that at yeah. Blockbuster that had like yeah. that were Deepak the Chopra. Secret and yeah. Deepak Chopra. Yeah, like those in the were mid two thousands. Mid two thousands. I definitely, I definitely watched The Secret myself. I was like, fuck this, no <laughs> yeah. way. You don't have a vision board too. In the Middle Ages. Like, no, you know what that's called? Daydreaming. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. Like, don't Such give me your goals. It's not a secret. Yeah. yeah. All right, now a little backstory. Personally. If it was a secret, you wouldn't sell it on DVD. Just say uh, it. Were you, I'm sorry, were you still? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, we Amongst the three of us, friends, Mike, uh-huh. Jer, and myself, we used to always talk about The Love Guru. Basically, it was like the gold standard of shitty movies for us. Yeah. And we have this shorthand whenever we text each other. Like, we love to just text, like, a bad movie <laughs> title, and then we ask 2 night N-I-T-E, <laughs> And with Love Guru, even to this day, I'd say we this was established in, like, 2007, 8. Yeah. Well, the movie came out ago. in 2008, so yeah, yeah, for a decade now. For a decade, we've been every now and then text each other, Love Guru 2 <laughs> Like, hey, you want to watch Love Guru tonight? And we always go, no. And now it's just not. like, uh, it was such an inside joke with us that I feel like this movie, doing it here with you, Mike, today on this podcast, and I've never seen it before, is, is seminal, personally. Yeah. It's, it's a seminal moment in it's our lives. It's circle. Yeah, I'm finally realizing all of our, our nightmares and dreams. Yeah. Let me, I'm just going to phrase something right now because I don't want to get into some on a side note once we get into this but jer you will understand this this we had a manager at a store we worked at this movie has him written all <laughs> over it like this is that person's kind of movie and it's an inside thing no one else is gonna get that except dan and jer no there here's the thing people who like this movie there this is very on brand with mike myers yeah but the apparently mike myers brand is 
Let me take all the jokes that my dad and grandfather told me when I was a kid and yes. just assemble them in some kind of <laughs> order that makes it seem like a story. Yeah. Like uh, Austin Powers and Wayne's World, would you say, are the Mike Myers brand? Um, I, honestly, like, no. What I would say is once you get into The Spy Who Shagged Me and Goldmember, like, That's that, his that really, like, loaded with puns. But there's still like this weird scatological humor every now and then. Yep. It's not as severe as Adam Sandler's scatological, but it's still there. It's, but it's very much like the puns is a big Mike Myers brand. I now. think it's pretty easy to say that it takes two people, a director, a good director who can restrain him, mm-hmm. and a Mike Myers to create something as good as as an Austin Powers one, which I think holds mm-hmm. up quite a bit. As does Wayne's World, and honestly, even Wayne's World two, as I long as you say... don't mind a retread of the first movie. Basically, <laughs> I like Wayne's World two better because the jokes are a little more surreal and um, yeah, non sequitur. So I mean, I really so... do like the second one. You the brand... nobody nobody says so. I married an axe murderer is my favorite Mike Myers I, I actually movie. Like, uh, so I married an axe I, murderer. I, I, I do not like that movie anymore. No, that... my favorite Mike Myers movie is Studio Fifty Four. Oh, God. <laughs> It's just 54. 54, okay. The brand has always been potent. You're saying it's always been there. It just what it takes is someone to dilute it in the process to kind of make it more digestible. I think it wasn't until Austin Powers 1 that really launched Mike Myers into like, oh, he can really handle this. Like, because he was on SNL during Wayne's World. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like, it's... It's the way it's the SNL movie, you know. So it's like yeah. he's still got that safety net of a, a Saturday Night Live. Then Austin Powers comes out, and people are like, "Oh, it's a modern classic," you know. And it is. I I think my, Austin Powers, the first one, is a great satire. Yeah. And then I you agree. get into the second one, and that's when it's like Mike Myers is Wacky like, territory. just let him like yeah. let him go, do whatever you want. You proved yourself with yeah. Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah. And no. And 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 2008 circa 2008, Dan Eden is 20 years old. He's rooting for Mike Myers. Like he when this when I heard this movie was coming out, I didn't see the trailer yet because the trailer really like put a I put a fork in it after yeah. I saw the trailer, but I was I was like, okay, he's an original character. He's kind of making fun of the guru types, the spiritual guys. He's it's branching little, away racist, from Austin Powers. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I was rooting for him. And then the trailer came out and it had just the quote-unquote best jokes, which are... No, there are no good jokes. I'll point mm-hmm. out maybe two or three in this thing. Yeah. But, like, the whole... Uh, the the tug and Matpuda and the... That, that's all. That's so... Uh, that's Mike Myers' brand right there. All yeah. of the book titles and... Just author ben names. Kingsley debasing himself. Why would you... What did... Sir what drugs ben did they Kingsley. give him to make him do... Oh, yes, sir. Are you ben kidding Kingsley. me? No. Like, if you're Ben Kingsley and you're like, what, I have to spend sir, two days and I make how much ben money Kingsley. just doing whatever the fuck I want? Like, like, of course, Ben Kingsley is like, I don't give a shit about the love guru. Some actors, like uh, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, probably not the best example, but to a lesser degree. Is he a knight? Patrick he is, Stewart? yeah. Sir he Patrick is? Stewart oh. is a knight, a dignified actor, and has was in the Emoji movie, so not the best example. Okay. But I'm saying, like, Ben Kingsley, he didn't need to do this, and I guess he has a sense of humor about himself, and it's cool, but it's it's embarrassing to see him in this movie. Frankly, yeah, as an I mean, it's member. I, to me, it's just like I, he was I don't, in. He was in. Uh, uh, what's a fucking, fucking Liam Neeson? Uh, Schindler's List. Yeah, he's in Schindler's List. <laughs> in Schindler's List. I did forget. Yes. He's in Gandhi. He's Gandhi. <laughs> he's Gandhi. Yeah. Sexy beast. But yeah, movie. But I digress. I guess uh, I was rooting for him. I was rooting for this movie, mm-hmm. and the jokes are terrible. And if you want to get into it now, we can get into it. We might as well get into it because we have to at some point. All right. Um. 
so yeah, we we start this movie Bollywoodish music. Yeah, off um, to a uh, whatever start. Yeah, I don't know what you want to call this. Like, I guess the opening musical montage kind of works in the second Austin Powers movie, and then they do it again in the third one, and then he's like, well, let's just keep that up. There's a strange framing device that bookends this movie where he uses a voiceover machine, and Morgan Freeman gets a nice little paycheck. Is that really his voice? It is really it's Morgan, really Morgan Freeman's, Freeman's voice. voice. And this is, to be fair for this movie, this is probably, like, when did March of the Penguins was 07? Yeah. So it's like, this is just after yeah, Morgan Freeman yeah. is established as, like, the voiceover guy that, yeah, like, and he yeah. shows up and everything. So it's kind of a timely joke yeah. at the time. Yeah, but... He's breaking the fourth wall. He's looking at the camera. He's addressing us as the audience. I don't like this. Bad vibes. He's got a, that in East India voiceover machine company. This is like Zucker Brothers shit. And like, yeah, and I'm not a big Zucker Brothers guy. No, but. I would actually go so far as to say it's those, those other idiots that do like epic movie and yeah. stuff. Yeah, because the Zucker Brothers at least have... There's something to those movies, like the Zucker yeah. movies. But once you get into, like, yeah, the epic movie, the date movie, Meet the Spartans. No you're imagination like, whatsoever. By the way, um, coming soon to 90 Under 90 is all of those movies. Yeah. And we're going to do them all in, like, one month yeah. sometime. It'll be, yeah. It'll be a fun spoof month on 90 Under 90. Uh, it'll be spooftember, yeah. and we'll be like, oh, fuck this. Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. Yeah, those two You guys fucks. are listening Fuck you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, so he, he, what have you written, though? <laughs> I mean, like, they could come back and be like, fuck you. Like, well, I made my money, I would, I would come back and say, like, hey, listen, I'm aware that I can't <laughs> that I can't write, and that's why I stay away from it. You guys clearly don't know that you can't write. Um, he, he does this. Hey, we fooled everyone so far. <laughs> he, so he's talking to us, and he's doing this Troy McClure thing where he like references his works all, like often. He says, "I wrote such books as If You're Happy and You Know It, Think Again." And, yeah, like, it's shit like it's that. all like a lot of. But that's not a joke. Like a lot of the stuff, really. I I know there's so many beats in this movie where I know I'm supposed to laugh at that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to do it. Right. Yeah. It's like, even like it doesn't even get into so dumb it's funny territory often in this movie it's just dumb and not funny and that's just I mean I kind of chuckle many. at the cartoonish pulling the books out of nowhere and yeah. he always happens to have the book that he's about to reference but like that's lot. kind of funny for a moment it's, and then it keeps going the the best most condensed version of that we saw in Austin Powers it's like when he keeps pulling out the Swedish made penis and large pumps and me this sort of thing, thing is my bad it's a bit like that a little bit yeah but it's more that's like that's a one off gag in that exactly. movie it doesn't keep going exactly yeah it's 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 almost more like no never mind I nah. and, and he tells us. This is Darren Roanoke's story. He's a hockey player. Okay, thanks, Guru Pitka, Mike Myers. Uh, And then we cut out of that little framing device, and now we're in the meat of the movie, and it's Jim Gaffigan and Stephen Colbert. The funniest parts of the movie. Like, if you're going to point to anything being funny in this movie... Those two guys are the only thing you can really say. Yeah, that's them. But they, even even that, it's like, yeah, they're. I would call them mildly funny. Like they're, they're taking the material that they're given and doing the best they can. With and it. Uh, I give them a lot of leeway because they are isolated to one location throughout this whole movie. They didn't have to fuck with Mike Myers or anybody. They were left most likely to their own, maybe even second unit. Yeah, doing possible, their own yeah. comedy shtick. And like, I can forgive them for that because they didn't know what they were in. I bet like the bigger. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't realize it. Even yeah. Jim yeah. Gaff. 
Gaffigan doesn't get to be funny in this movie. No. Like, it's all on Colbert to be but funny. But he's a good straight man he in is this. His reactions man. are good. Yeah. And I will say, though, I'm a little tired of the comedy trope of the wacky sportscasters. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like Best in Show tired. is like mm-hmm. the best peak. And then it just yeah, kind of goes. Best in Show. Um, Dodgeball, Dodgeball has them, too. Yeah, yeah just, I hear you. I would say in a different movie, these two guys... I'd, I'd love to see more of them. Get, see Gaffigan and Colbert together to. If big this was an names. animated movie, they would put a short at the beginning of the DVD release with these two yeah, characters, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the Penguins of Madagascar. Yeah. It'd be like these two, the sportscasters like, of the lovely. Like like how they do the uh, the Roger Rabbit before uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I, oh, think, I wish that would happen more. I think yeah. this is so interesting though that. It's Colbert, Gaffigan, and then we get John Oliver because these are three dudes who are very credible, very funny dudes. My Don't guy. do a lot of movies, period, but right. they decide to drop in on this one. But John Oliver in this, I was so disappointed. John Oliver's my guy. I love John Oliver. Yeah, he's and great. this is just, he is. I don't, I don't, I don't like John Oliver. Not a so fan. No, know. that's all right. I'm a big fan of his show on HBO. He's and doing I, God's work with. I've, last week I've said this before in other places, possibly on the show. You know what? I have a real problem with, and it has, it's it's not a it's not a race thing. I just have a problem with like an English guy telling the American news. Like I get uh, that it's still like a comedy show, but like I think an there's a disconnect. Like is, you're not American, is, so like you don't have the same feelings that we do yeah. like you can't have the same i see what you're saying yeah. i, I get an outsider can be advantageous i like trevor noah maybe i also yeah. don't like him you know, that much. Like no him. i'm like yeah. fuck you like <laughs> we have to like we live with this shit from birth on and like what have you like and no don't like come Stuart, over here and tell Stuart us all the way baby i know yeah. i got um i don't know I, I, no I, craig kilborn all <laughs> the way yeah oh. i'm not i'm not you know this isn't Where's me he trying to you know, plug John Oliver's show. I'm just saying, I'm a big fan of his, I and to see him in this was disappointing. Yeah, yeah personally, it it hurts hurts your heart. Yeah, hurts your heart inside to see yeah. him. But with like, when was John Oliver like? When was he at his peak? If you know, uh, like, he, it's 2008. He, his, he may have been like early on enough. He was that still on the Daily Show. He obviously. made his bones on Community as yeah. well. Uh, so that's true. Yeah. Forgot about that. Even Daniel Tosh is showing up in this briefly. That's another great example of a guy you don't see in movies at all, but he shows up. It's very strange. It is weird, yeah. But uh, Colbert is like, if Gaffigan's a straight man, Colbert is the whacked out, has a dark past sportscaster who Mm -hmm. refers to his addiction to peyote buttons and Frangelico. (laughs) What is Frangelico? I was hoping you maybe would enlighten me. Maybe it's a shitty, like, alcohol, like, ripple or something. Look it up, guys. Like, Frangelico or something. Shit. So, so Rona, Me- lemon cello. I'm Danny DeVito. <laughs> Drink my lemon cello. I really, really want to shove this shit down your throats. Oh god! All right, sorry. Uh, they're giving exposition. Yeah, uh, Roanoke is uh, played by Romney Malco. Uh, and as soon as I saw his name, I was like, oh, thank God, maybe he'll save this movie. But nope, he doesn't get a chance to save anything. So what's Frangelico? It is a brand of noisette, an herb-flavored liqueur. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like Sam 48 Bunga. proof. <laughs> and the, the bottle. It's Boone's The farm. bottle. Does this not look like a Mrs. Butterworth's container? That bottle looks like a woman. That does look like, <laughs> That looks like syrup. That's going to be tweeted on the 90 under 90 Twitter page. You know what? It, it looks like a headless woman, and she's got long sleeves, and she's got the hands together in yeah. the sleeves that you see. Yeah. It's weird, man. Like Jedi's, the way they keep yeah. their hands in there. That- Bravo, Steve Steve Colbert, because that is a um, maybe he improved that. That that's a that is a deep cut. <laughs> <Frangelico>. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Yeah, they're giving a report, like a pro player profile, and it's an excuse to give us a ex some exposition on uh, Mal Malco's character, yeah, uh, Darren Roanoke, who plays on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very hockey-centric movie. Leafs. Mike Myers, uh, Maple Leafs, yeah. Leafs. Fa yeah, it's farewell. It's not Leafs, it's, it's not the, the Maple Leafs. The Leafs, I'm sorry. They yeah. make it a point in this movie to correct somebody who also says Maple Leafs. Do they? I didn't yeah, know. So I was like, it. well, we gotta get that correct. No. Farewell, Romney Malco, since weeds, where has he been? Uh. Uh, yeah, I don't nowhere know. virgin, this weeds, and I seeds. think uh, he's done maybe like almost Christmas, uh, like an ensemble comedy or two, but uh, yeah, not much unfortunately. Uh, and that's he's too bad. got a likable enough screen. He's presence. awesome. I mean, he's yeah, great. Uh, it sucks that he's not around. Yeah, uh, Leafs. Uh, they're giving a profile on Darren Roanoke. He's like the all-star player. He's the Tiger Woods of hockey. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mike Myers is bringing that hockey. <laughs> and then they this. show a really racist shot uh, of him playing hockey in the hood. Uh, like how he got his start playing hockey. Do you guys? Remember? I didn't. See, I was writing at the time. Okay, they're like he got his start on the mean streets playing hockey. It's just a basketball court. Yeah, with a bunch of black dudes just swinging hockey sticks oh, around, yeah. and I'm like. Yeah, where's the net? Where, where, what, what is right. this? Come on. Even, like, even hockey is basketball to black people. Yeah, this okay. is... Okay. They say he's a role model turned to bad boy, though. And he's... Uh, I so, thought that was slightly funny. A role model turned bad boy. Yeah. Like, that kind of seemed funny to me. Like, it's always the opposite. Yeah. And he's not... Is he divorced from his wife or just separated... I, I don't know. He, Prudence is there's her definitely name. A, mm -hmm. At the very least, they're separated, but it seems like it was a, a divorce that they actually went through. He's on the Marriage on the Rocks. I don't fucking remember, though. Uh, and apparently... Some French... A French-Canadian player played by Justin Timberlake named Jacques Lecoq Grand. So, Day. yeah, right away you get Lecoq, which is like, fuck you, Mike Myers. Like, I, mm -hmm. uh, But also I'm like, is this the plot of Talladega Nights on ice? Like, when a French guy comes in and like... Yeah, that's true. What the fuck? I will uh, go ahead Two and years say, after. though, I firmly believe Justin Timberlake is doing everything he can with what he's given. You can because always expect Timberlake to be doing yeah. that in every Because movie he's I in. think he elevates everything he's in, and I think he does the best J he could. JT has never not delivered yeah. when he's been in a movie. Like, yeah. he never, always, even the smallest role, he's still really good at it. Yeah, like, it's weird. Yeah. Like, I get if you remember, he's the best part of Popstar, and he's in it for like five seconds. He's great in Bad Teacher. Uh, he, you can tell he can't. Cares. Yeah. yeah, in every movie, no matter the, how shitty the movie is, <laughs> look does, at this movie. Yeah, you know, he and will do everything in his power to make it funny. He's really you know what? Uh, proven himself uh, since Alpha Dog, as early as Alpha yeah. Dog for me. He's great in that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. See, I think he's one of those guys who's kind of like The Rock in that mm -hmm. his personality transcends mm -hmm. any role that yep. he takes on. So it doesn't yes. matter. It could be the worst movie in the world, like Love Guru, and mm -hmm. people are like, ah, but, you know, we still love Justin Timberlake. How about, uh, how about Inside Lou and Davis? He's in the member. He's yeah. the folk singer in that. Mm -hmm. He's man. He's awesome. He shows. He, he tends. He's one of those guys that like pops up in a movie. And if I'm not having a good time watching it, I'm like, oh, JT's okay. Well, oh, thank right. you, well, thank you, Justin. That's for a little bit of breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought. I never thought that when we were making fun of In Sync and we were like 12 that we would praise right. him on a podcast. Who knew? Acting. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, he was always the most effeminate yeah. seeming. He was uh, the one the, that got made fun of when he cried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he and like, now I just look at that and feel terrible. Yeah. It's like, kind of like Justin Timberlake said, "I'm never gonna have a career moment like that again. <laughs> Everything from this point on is gonna be nothing but sunshine." 
Yeah. And now we got Coach, is it Jerkoff? Jerkoff. Jerkoff, played by Vern Troyer. Mike Myers' buddy. I'm glad he's in this. I'm glad he's getting work, but he's wasted. Yeah. Or, Again, debatably. he's getting worse debasing no, it, himself. It's not wasted. Here's the thing. Wasting somebody is like, well, you didn't let him do the thing that he does. He yeah. does the thing that he does. It's yeah. just, it's a... Who cares? He, he does the thing Mike Myers lets him do in his movies, which is let's or make makes fun him of do. makes him do. I would argue. Yeah. You know, I don't it, think Troyer wants to do this stuff. Or he's just like, is that why he got know? into acting? Oh no, you no. me. Vern Troyer is probably more thankful for Mike Myers than anything else was. Was, was yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, Vern Troyer. Yes, yeah. Jessica Alba's in this movie. She's doing whatever she's, Jessica Alba does. I, she's spending half this movie forcing she, laughs out of his shtick and the she, rest of the time just being a person. I think she's got the enthusiasm of a Timberlake, but she doesn't have the talent of no. a Timberlake. And, but and she, the thing is, she's not bad either. It's just she's just not good. She's just yeah. vanilla. She's there. She's and very plain she's, and like I don't care very, about anything that she's agreed. ever done. She's very inoffensive in this movie. She's there and it's okay, fine. Yeah, okay. fine. We needed yeah. a woman. You're the you're. She's very suitable. pretty. Yes. Mm-hmm. She says they need a guru to help Darren get out of his rut. He's been sucking ever since his marriage is on the rocks. Mm-hmm. So, which in reality would be like, well, I think we need to trade Roanoke for a different player. They're not going to be like, let's do everything we can to get yeah. Roanoke back on the ice. And- he's, but he's the Tiger Woods, like Tom Brady. If Giselle dumped his ass and he started sucking, I, maybe they'd get a guru. <laughs> Probably not, know. though. Uh, but uh, he wrote another book. I'm gonna list all these books. Oh, Guru. God. He says he wrote a book called "Does It Hurt When You Do That? Don't Do That." That's pretty funny, guys. And it's him. And it's, <laughs> it's the titles. It's the title scene. I looked over at Jared. He had no expression. He didn't look pissed. He didn't look interested. He was just kind of sitting there, like <laughs> now, just like, trying to get through it. You know, like the, the sometimes movies set up characters like we need so and so, bump it up, and then you cue the title. That's like a big build up for mm-hmm. the character. Well, they did that in this, and it didn't work. No. Go to Guru's Pipka's place. Are we? Are we gonna bring? Is have we done? No, it hasn't done the opening sitar. title yet. It yeah, was Nine to is. Five by Dolly Parton, a cover. Let me explain something. Because yeah. you know that Austin Powers opening when he would dance and he was... Because, yeah, it worked once and then he did it again and, and then he did it again. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Myers, <laughs> if you are going to be inserting a sitar version of pop songs, and there's two, I think, of there's At least two. Or three. At least. At least two. You have to do it with the other movie songs that you're putting in your movie. Because there are a lot of songs that they put, like for example, the they did a bad bad thing when the elephants oh, are fucking. Yeah. Why isn't that a sitar version I of they think. did a bad bad thing? Because he's not performing it. It doesn't matter. It would have been great. Then it's a like a undiegetic like almost like Eyes Wide Shut parody deal because that yeah. song was heavily. In I guess promotion. my yeah. I guess, I, I guess my point being is like, why did he know where to stop with that joke? Yeah, and yet everything else he just. You know, yeah, it's a good question. Some, yeah, sometimes there's full it's measures a, and sometimes yeah, half. Ones. It's a funny place to decide. I'm going to scale back a bit. Like, <laughs> I'm going to restrain myself just for the covers. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a sitar nine to five cover. He's walking through his palace. We get a sense of space of where he is. There's elephants. It's a big kind of Bollywood style uh, opening. I see what he's going for here. You all see what he's yeah. going for here, mm-hmm. and it's not working because the jokes are just dad jokes, grandpa it's, jokes. It's a question of like. D- there's a bumper sticker on the elephant's ass. It says "ass gas or grass," right? I think that's yeah. yeah that's what it says. It's it's the kind of thing where it's like, is it that is it lazy, 
Or is it genuinely like he put in the work and we just don't give a shit about this work at all? Because it is so loaded with dad humor. And now I'm a father and I'm yeah. still not like won over by any of these fucking jokes. And I'm like not making them myself. It's, it's mm-hmm. interesting because just uh, 11 years prior, Austin Powers 1 comes out. And it's it feels like it's doing the same things, but it's succeeding. And, and it, I think it comes down to director and just the restraint because there's no restraint in this movie and that no. to me when they open the floodgates like that it brings on not just one bad joke not just yeah. two a whole onslaught of bad jokes mm-hmm. and I can't pick out the the good ones for well, the bad the other, as much the other thing here is that Austin Powers the con the 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 concept it was not as high concept as this movie yes. is. Austin Powers that had a lot that was a big well to draw from. Yeah. Like even Bond just the movies, little in, even just the little in between shots, those little uh, short music dance sequences. Yeah, which they, they abandoned after the second movie. Yeah, yeah, but like it fit. It, it was making fun of uh in like Flint, it those was making 60s. fun of yeah, it was British making fun of Bond, it was making fun of any of those, and it had a lot of material to draw from, Yeah, yeah. so it felt much, like, they had so much more to work with. With this, it's just like, great hey, point. Indians. Yeah, what are, yeah, like, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. There is no point of reference except Deepak Chopra. And, like, Bollywood, if you've seen any Bollywood yeah. stuff. Yes. I think that's a great point, Mike. I think that's where the... the, it, the he, here's the rails. Here's where it falls off yeah. because there's no point of reference. He yeah. would have been a good... Fit in as a good little side character. Just, uh, okay. you know... Yeah, as the fourth or fifth character he yeah. plays in Austin Powers yeah. 4. Like, Fine. sure, like, throw him in there. And but if, if he was a villain in Austin Powers and they took it mm-hmm. to, to India and they set it in that movie... Sure. ...in that country, I would be into that. Yeah, sure. but then we would have no Doctor Evil, and the world would throw a fucking fit. Yeah, because <laughs> God, we can't Dr. have Doctor Evil. Yeah, uh, eating skin. Do you eat. guys like Goldmember? Oh no, I, I like the movie, but <sighs> that character is disgusting. <laughs> upon upon a rewatch, I have to say, I think I like Goldmember better than the Spy Who Shagged Me. I think I actually think you're right on yeah. that. Like Spy, and maybe it's, it's just because we've seen Spy Who Shagged Me so much when it yeah. came out. Like that was like. Like uh, infinitely time, funnier than the first one. I remember when it came out, thinking to myself, like, "Fuck the first one! There's... This is the funniest movie I've ever seen." Exactly, I saw it like and, three times in the theater. And now I'm just like, "Ooh." Here's what I'll say about <laughs> why Gold Member works. People like there's a lot of people who like Die Another Day better than Tomorrow Never Dies in the Bonds, and it's because they just went for the wackiness. And, yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. you get just some wackiness in Tomorrow. Where three, they go full-on wacky. Two is that stepping stone to full-on wacky. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the, the ostrich spits an egg onto his breakfast plate during this 9 to 5 No, an ostrich it lays an, an egg. egg. Yeah, it births an egg onto the... Its vagina spits an egg yeah. on his plate. There's, yeah. I, and I'm writing here, man, too many gags, and it's already like five minutes in. They're just, yeah. it's Zuckery. They're peppering in like as many sight gags yeah, as Yeah, it's like here. he squeezes an Some orange... yoga and... stuff... Yeah, the, the orange on the tree where it just easily comes I, out. I don't get... Is that funny? Is that funny? No. In it, what world is that be. a gag? Like, that's the thing. I don't mind. In a cartoon? I don't <laughs> like personally mind cartoon. all of these yeah. sight gags because yeah. if there's one thing that, I mean, I grew up watching all of Weird Al's music videos and sure. those are as loaded with sight gags and yeah. quick parodies that you possibly yeah, can. Yeah, and I like those. And those work, but it just... It doesn't this is, work here. It's so cheesy, yeah. lame, that it's like you have to be nine years old to find all this stuff funny. And maybe we're just not the right audience. I have like, to wonder, if we were in junior high, would we have loved this movie? Right, if we were the eight, if we were 30 when The Spy Who Shagged Me came out, we might be like, fuck this pile of garbage. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. like, we honestly might think But that. even critically, 
Like, it did much better. Like, let's, yeah. yeah. Spy was, Who Shagged Me was huge. Universally, yeah. this is recognized as garbage. Yeah. yeah. So, Good point. And here's the thing. I'll, both of you guys. Here's yeah. another thing I'll say about it. Like, as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, yes, it's a little bit racist at times. A little. <laughs> here's the thing. His I, nose <laughs> is the most racist thing. <laughs> but you know what, though? Like... He could play the character a lot more racist. Sure. It, it, I feel There's like dignity to him. I feel like there is a little bit He's of dignity asshole, to the character. But, but He's a creep at parts of this movie. See, yeah. now I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry. sorry. It's okay. You're saying it's a little He racist. plays it with we'll, dignity. Move on. We'll just okay, I'll come back sorry. to it. All right. So there's guru crotch shots in the tabloids. You guys like those Britney Spears parody uh, crotch shots that, that have nothing to do with the apropos of nothing. They show him getting out of a car, and it's, like, censored. Was that even timely then? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He's riding a carpet around his mansion. God, that's... Mike Myers loves <laughs> furniture that's controlled by remote control. Like, that's the fucking true. chair in Austin Powers, and now he's got this stupid-ass pillow yeah, cushion thing. You know what makes the pillow funny? When it backs up and beeps like a truck? Yeah. That's good. That's <laughs> then everybody says Mariska Hargate or Mariska Hargate. Mariska Hargate. Yeah, that's their their little you, mantra. Because it sounds funny. It's a name of the actress. And then yeah. she shows up. <gasps> John Oliver shows up. I would first. I would rather Christopher Malone showed up in, instead of Mariska yeah. Hargate. Guys, oh, yeah. that's really her. Do you get it? Yep. He says that now she's there. I mean, I'll, I'll admit, I laughed when Val Kilmer showed up. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. Val Kilmer? <laughs> in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, um... <laughs> that made good. theaters? Um, just... Yeah, that the Val Kilmer, they don't have to say anything funny. Just the fact that he's there and he's enthused, mm-hmm. oh, that's all I needed. Yeah, you didn't even have to say his name. It yeah. would have been funnier if he didn't say Val Kilmer. But that worked. It was really weird because I had just got done watching a movie with Val Kilmer. Yeah. And so to see him in this, I was like, huh? Uh, John Oliver shows up. He's basically like the Basil. And I don't say because he's British, but he's like the Basil exposition of the movie. Uh, but he's so one note. He has one motivation this whole that's movie. everybody in this it's a yeah. one track my yeah. everybody uh we're going to get you on oprah he says and also guru pitka has this uh thing where he has to be better than deepak chopra he's the number two guru compared to him yeah he's in, in competition and, yeah. i guess with deepak chopra. evidently it was a slow news day because that's the headline yeah and they, yeah, I know. And, and then <laughs> that's when you get like the Swedish made joke because he says that's not what they said. And he says that's literally what they said in the paper. And it's, <laughs> yeah, but uh, he does the give me a pound, lock yeah. it down, break the pickle, tickle tickle. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, I I had already seen that like a million in times in the blockbuster the trailer. I just I remembered there. now what I was going to say earlier, and yeah. I almost want to. I'm almost happy I didn't say it. But like, what I was going to say was like, <laughs> I like the fact that Mike Myers is doing something different. <laughs> as racist as this character may kind of be at times, I was just like. Okay, it's a completely different voice. It's not like he's doing yet another Scottish character, you know, like right. it's something new from him and it was a little bit refreshing, but then yeah, yeah then you do shit like tickle tickle and I'm like, oh that's when I oh, <laughs> Or even later on I'm when he's him. when he's like, You're a midget, you're short. It's yeah. just the yeah, mojo the mojo again. Kid, yeah. Like Again, Mike Myers brand. It's it's totally on brand. It's his formula. <laughs> you know, if these jokes were just good. This movie would work. I said when the, before the, when the movie was announced, 
new character great concept okay fine it's the execution just fails and you know what else doesn't help when your main character of your incredibly unfunny movie forcefully laughs at all of his own yeah. jokes repeatedly throughout the movie. That's a thing in bad comedies you'll notice is they tell you when it's funny because a character laughs at another character. Yeah. He's laughing at himself. Yeah. Because he has to because no one else is. <laughs> that's stupid. And that's another Mike Myers trope. Yeah. The <laughs> laugh. Yeah, he does that yeah, a lot. That, that Wayne Knight laugh. Yeah. So, uh, Pitko really <laughs> wants to meet Oprah. Another big subplot for his character is to be better than Deepak and to and to be, be on Oprah because that's how Deepak kind of launched his career. This whole this whole movie is about getting two million dollars and a spot on Oprah that, and being better than Deepak Chopra. And that's what Oliver tells him. He says, uh, basically, the Leafs are calling. They say they need your consultation on Roanoke. They're offering you two million dollars. We need the second best guru in the world. We're well, not going to go to the number one guy. And a guaranteed spot on Oprah if you do this successfully. And he goes, oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just... <laughs> That wasn't very good. Physically, though, just the the way you were like half smiling yeah. in a smart ass way while you did that was just that made me laugh. Thank that you. tickled me in just the right way. Tickle, tickle. So we get this. <laughs> we get. I, I I may be skipping over stuff, but flashback? I don't even care about this. But yeah, we get the scary yeah. flashback to when he was a kid with a giant head. <laughs> Okay, and, this made me laugh out loud more because it was surprising. I was like, what the? Because I looked away from the screen, and then I looked back and went, what the fuck, audibly? Well, you don't remember that from the trailer? I mean, that was I, all I, over I the trailer. Once I saw it, I remembered it. I want to be a guru so girls will like me. <laughs> and, it, you know, if... Was this 2008? Yeah. Captain America, First Avenger, 2011... Pulled it off fairly well. This head body thing. No, I the, <laughs> like. Here's the thing. I'm watching this scene and I'm like, I can't tell. Like, are you trying to be funny because his head is like literally two sizes too big for his body, yeah. or is it just was it not that good? I think they were trying to be stupid with I, it. I, I'm gonna ha if that was the goal, then you gotta chuckle out of me for that reason. And way yeah. to go on the one successful laugh you got Boy, out of me. You know what I hate is uh, in Alice in Wonderland, the queen fucking Helena Bonham Carter has that head thing yeah, going on. Yeah, oh. to me, I'm like, uh, that's so exaggerated that it, like I don't I don't care about that. That whole fucking movie, man. It looks like the fruit roll-ups commercial I, their heads God go. damn it. I defended Tim Burton's movie like for like all... I, up until Alice in Wonderland comes out, I'm like, yeah. people like reference bad, like, Planet of the Apes. I'm like, no, Planet of the Apes still works if you look at it through this prism. All of his movies You're were good. You're all about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory works on yeah. its own level if you don't compare it to Willy Wonka. Right. But then you get to Alice in Wonderland, and I watch that, and I'm like, I can't defend anything in this yeah. goddamn movie. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. I love great. going on Burton rant for me. Uh, we meet Ben Kingsley in this flashback in India with a bad CG head. He is uh, Guru Tugan Maputa. Oh, another great pun. The place where they're at is Heron Maquista. That's yeah. yeah. That's it. Reminds me of Mafia. Remember that movie where they lived in a salmonella? Soon. Coming soon. And on the sign it says "Home of War Mayonnaise in Mafia." <laughs> we'll get into it. I'm looking forward to it. This. I hope you assign me that movie. But no, we did. <laughs> ben Kingsley is cross-eyed. Ha ha. 
We don't know why, but he is. He pours hot tea through his nose. Ew! Yeah, why? For no reason. Into a cup. And and the first booger joke we get is Mike Myers pulling a fucking hairy snot out of his cup of tea. It's terrible. It made me want to gag. It serves no purpose why he would pour it through his nostril. Nope. That's the problem with jokes like this is that they absolutely... There's no reason for it happening. This these are really like, you know what? You could solve that even at the bad joke. Like what? What? Why do you have to do that? Oh, it helps the sinuses. It filled. Yeah, it helps. Sinuses. Right there. There's a joke at least. It helps filter the tea. Whatever. But if if we're getting tea through the nose, and if we're he says that he's cross-eyed because he jerked off too much, apparently. We're yeah, in, we're well, in we, bad territory. We learned that later. Like we haven't figured that out yet. We're in bad territory. He says uh, the doggy style missionary position joke about Mike Myers' parents. Yeah, his that he parents makes. were missionaries. Blah blah blah. There's a lot of these. There's so many jokes in this movie that mm-hmm. they set up, and then what feels like 95 minutes pass by before it's like actually get to the punchline. But it's all one long street. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many things. It's just like the um, oh god, I can't think. Of, I was I should have written down the joke, but like. There's certain Mike Myers jokes that you could just see coming from like four yeah. miles away, and you're just like, just get there, just get there already. Stop yeah. at the setup, just get there. Yeah. And then uh, we this I think I would argue the only reason we have these flashbacks is for two reasons. One is to show that he was trained by a formal guru in India to make it more authentic, and B this chastity belt thing is like a little other subplot of his. Is, well, I mean, he's celibate, and I guess. See the fact that Deepak Chopra was like the other guy. Was he there? That was the kid oh. who was with him. That was supposed to be Deepak. So they were both trained Twisty. by the same guy, and he got a better career than I fucking Pitka. I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Uh, and but, he goes to Deepak, and he's like, "Go have sex with everyone." Then he's like, "You have a chastity belt," and it's like, "Oh, because he got the show." Oh yeah, that's right. Kingsley uh, Whatever, makes Myers celibate. He says he wants to be a guru so girls will like him. And now yeah. he, he can't even have sex, but he has to learn that 30 I, years later, I still don't. with a chastity belt yeah. on. So he's still wearing it to this day. And then we go to present day, and Pitka's at his like seminar, and he's in front of a group, and he does like all these stupid acronyms. Oh, it's, it's nothing but acrostics. This whole goddamn <laughs> seminar is acrostic poems that you'd write in first grade. He does a E-I-E-I-O acronym. I don't know what it stands for. Who cares? Vern Troyer's there. He's on a C, pillow. And he uh, rolls off. Yeah. G. Uh, wait, wait. No. E I E. What was it? G U R. No, that's Guru. G U R U. Intimacy is into me. I see. You know, like wordplay. Nowhere is now and you know what? The fucking T M joke like goes till the end of this goddamn movie. Like I don't need you to trademark every. Now I think I would say Myers or whoever he collaborated with on the script have been watching a lot of Family Guy because there's like moments that are like cutaways he does like a cutaway electric company gag where his yeah. face yeah. shows up symmetrically on the screen to yeah. do one of those weird like now nowhere is now here yeah like okay ecumenical intuitive enlightenment initiative organization that's e-i-e-i-o yeah okay i'm glad i know that you know like where you people where you take you Work backwards from the acronym that you want, like uh-huh. oh. oh yeah, and it's painfully obvious that you, you know, come on guys, music first, then lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Really. <laughs> um, Pitka quotes like a predecessor. He says, "To know something is good, to do something is God." And I thought that would come back because it's kind of a profound quote, and it doesn't. 
No. So why nothing, did I nothing is profound in any of this movie. <laughs> he makes a bad gambling addict joke at the at the end of the seminar, like saying, "Like uh, we're having Monte Carlo night here," and there was a Gamblers gamb- Anonymous Monte Carlo night. <laughs> He's got uh-huh. like because uh-huh. <laughs> get it because they have a problem. Apparently, I have it's for fun. I listened to this. <laughs> I listened to this one podcast and it was about a cult leader, like a spiritual, like self-appointed, and he just basically used it for money and sex. And but it worked for a lot of people. And he had a voice very similar to Guru Pitka. And I guess Mike Myers did his research to his credit for this movie. I don't know, though, because once he like is in that scene with Deepak Chopra later, it almost seems like he's doing, doing an oppression of Deepak Chopra. And it's almost like, yeah. uh, like this is too it's, much of a direct comparison that you're making right now. Some kind of a, I would say some kind of amalgamation, but very Chopra-heavy. Um, he, yeah, he makes that joke. People cheer after the show. He's like a rock star, you know? We get a, another bad booger joke. I think uh, where it's whistling. Yeah, that's it. Thank it you. Yeah, and Jessica is there Simpson, a bear in the cave? Jessica Simpson was the queen of shitty cameos in bad comedy. She was also in his like as rival Dana Carvey's Master of Disguise. He because he disguises himself. His as, rival, you know, like Myers and Dana Carvey. For a certain period, wasn't weren't things kind of not speaking yeah, terms? Yeah, they, they weren't like. And it was around the time of Master of Disguise. I think it well, I think there was twofold. I think part of it is Mike Myers is probably a difficult guy to work with. Yeah. But also, I think that Dana Carvey had some uh, some major confidence issues, like mm. re- especially around the time Wayne's World Two was made, where he like literally thought he was making a bad movie oh. and it was his fault, like oh. where he blamed himself, like he wasn't doing very well. Is as that Garth. right? Yeah, I know that Dana Carvey went through a phase like that where he kind of like got depressed about himself. I love Dana Carvey. Yeah, he's uh. infinitely more talented than Mike Myers. <laughs> Simpson is in Master Disguise and this. She was like, she did a lot of shitty cameos in Just movies. a lot of shitty Just movie. Good luck, Simpson. Chuck. She did like the Just year before Simpson. this. She's in this? Simpson. Yeah. Oh, Simpson. He yeah, touches her head and she like creams her pants. Oh yeah, Elvis. Yeah. Good that, luck, that cameo. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then we get uh, Val Kilmer in this. He's like greeting all of his fans. Yeah. Val Kilmer's there, and it's like I don't get the joke. I don't remember it. Whatever. And then Mariska Mariska Hargitay, and he makes there's an SVU joke. He says we're building in, in the Mariska Hargitay Special Victims Unit. Like dun dun. And he hits a button and it goes dun dun. That made me laugh. The button noise yeah. made me laugh. I, but that's like that's for the parents, I guess, because really, they're the really, SVU fans. I mean, yeah, it, it got a chuckle out of me, but I it was one of those things where I laughed, but then afterwards I felt ashamed that I laughed because yeah. it was so easy. Yeah. Here's my thing. I have never once watched Law & Order in any form. <laughs> my wife had to tell me that Mariska Hargitay was the actress, yeah. and therefore, like... Up until that moment, I had no idea that they were making a joke. Oh. Which is just like... And that's the thing about, like, Law & Order in general. Like, how many cast members from Law & Order can you actually name? The show's been on for, like, 40 years, and you can't name anybody on the show. Uh, Richard Belzer, Ice-T... Maloney and Mariska Hargitay. That's and it. Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, of course. Okay, D'Onofrio. you guys can name more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The, all right, now here's the thing I want to talk about. Pitka, he's about to meet Alba. John uh, John Oliver introduces him to her, but he like he grabs a plate of cocktail shrimp, and you think he's gonna do something with this? Like there's gonna be some kind of gag? No. Nope. It, it's like 
They got lazy. They just like he's just, just eating, shrimp. He's just eating shrimp. <laughs> he's not doing anything funny with the shrimp. And I was like, it's not a missed opportunity. It's just like it's just a not non-joke. It's like okay. What if he eats it's, shrimp? It's as if the director had more faith in Mike Myers. Yeah. Like, Let's give him some shrimp. I know he's gonna do something great with that shrimp. Yeah. And then Mike Myers gets to the shrimp, and the best he can come up with is eating the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> so and doesn't it have like a weird like crunch sound when he bites into it? Like not a yeah. realistic well, shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. No. It does have it's like, like that. Yeah. Why? As soon as he lays eyes on Alba, we get that Bollywood gag, that old crappy like movie gag. Yeah, it's kind of funny, pretty racist, but like yeah, because his third eye opens up. Yes, and he sees. I don't think that makes it racist. I mean, I think the the nasally voice of the woman singing kind of like makes it a little like, ooh, you're kind of making fun of the wrong thing here. What's worse is at the end when Alba sing, does that yeah. singing herself. Oh, I will, uh, yeah. full disclosure right now, <laughs> I knew what was coming. I turned that shit off. Did you? I, I fast forwarded through it. Yeah. And just to make sure there was no plot I was missing, and I cut that <laughs> stuff up. I was like, I'm not watching another yeah. musical number. I won't yeah. do it. There's some bad little people jokes uh-huh. between Troyer now and yeah. Rick, this is uh, the bad mole jokes from like you are a midget. <laughs> yeah, you are shorter than. Oh, the shrimp is there so he can do the shrimp joke, so he can say he can offer him shrimp, and he's oh. like, "What are you calling? Who are you calling shrimp?" Same reason that a character's name is Dick in the so, in the same like scene. To your point, it's like let's set up that shrimp like three minutes prior, and no one will question it until it come at the right time for this. Great midget joke. I mean, it gets even worse than that, where it's like Mike Myers is like, "Oh wait, set up to a joke." Yeah. Yeah, set up to a joke. Punchline. Like. (laughs) 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 You're like you're announcing that a setup to a joke is coming before a setup comes. It's all fucking terrible. We get another book title. He busts out, "I know you are, but what am I?" That book, and then. Alba, she wants you know what? him. Let, let me take a moment there too, because this is this is this reminds me of the way I felt about, and this is gonna seem a weird pull, mm. the Pee Wee's uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse on Broadway. Yeah, like how they kind of took that old 80, 1981, the Pee Wee Herman show, mm-hmm. took that plot but added Pee Wee's Playhouse. But there's all these new jokes in it, and it's the same thing where it's just like. Paul Rubens has jokes that are very much the same where it's like, did you hear that when you were nine years old and like you're using that joke that like anybody could have written? That's a lot of Mike Myers jokes are like, you didn't really write that joke. Like nobody wrote that joke. It's a joke that's been around for 400 years. It's like watching Jeff Ross at a roast. Yeah. Like, (laughs) fuck you. Like you, you, you are jokes. Oh, fuck this. Yeah. They, that they're passing off kind of as their own just by writing it into a script. Right, I like I, like we all heard yeah. this. No one knows who wrote it, but like let's just take credit for it. There's a lot of jokes where it's like a race to who can write it first in a movie, and whoever writes it first in the movie is Gets the attributed, author, yeah. basically. Yeah. But they're all jokes we've heard before, yeah. you know, and but they've never been put on cellulite before or celluloid. Great, great example. Thing. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. Specifically that. Uh-huh. It's a thing, a line that you would hear... <laughs> But it's not a lot of the things Mike Dyers does. He just—it's almost like he doesn't understand how a joke works because you need—you can't just say that line and have it be funny. The whole point of it is that it follows up somebody saying something. Yeah. So you can't just make that the title of your every, book. Every every Mike laughter. Every Mike Myers <laughs> joke is 
writing a punchline and then figuring out the rest from <laughs> he works backwards yeah yeah, yeah. and but that's why they all seem so lame a great example of what we were saying is like I watched Gone in 60 Seconds and uh, Scott Kahn like passes off the joke The Stranger as his own remember when we were kids and you would hear about the, the masturbation yeah, thing yeah give, give yourself a stranger you sit on your hand long enough and it numbs mm-hmm. up and then you jerk off well Scott Kahn says that in Gone in 60 Seconds as if he's the one who created it yeah and like that always got to me so what you're saying with the jokes is yeah that that there's echoes of and that. they are peppered throughout all of yeah. Mike Myers movies. Mm-hmm. Alba, it, she wants Pitka because I bet I guess she grew up like reading his shit. And, like, she's really got a school. She admits his... herself she's got a schoolgirl crush on him. Yeah, and he agrees to help. And then we get our first ping noise. Yeah, which is Family Guy again. Yeah, remember when yeah. they were dressed family as guy knights did first. and they did the ping. And that episode was well before 2008. Yeah, well, ten long. years before pretty much. It was yeah. like yeah. 99. Yeah, and that in Family Guy wasn't even the joke. <laughs> The joke in that scene was that Mort didn't yeah. get a sound, so he went ding, ding yeah. and that is funny. <laughs> so he has this imaginary Oprah scene where he's on the show, and like, is it like a, is it really Oprah? It is a shot of Oprah, dubbed over with an Oprah yeah, sound alike, really and then they don't like they cut away from her. They do the same thing at the end of the movie too. Um, with somebody <laughs> else. Well, yeah, like they cut away. Congratulations. Far enough. How do you feel? Yeah. It's oh, like God. It's Kennedy in, in Forrest Gump. They cut oh, away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wide enough shot that you're like, you can't see any faces. Yeah, the Linda Johnson, but I'd like to see that. And it's like, God damn, boy. <laughs> when I first, just so aside, when I first saw Forrest Gump, yeah. I remember thinking, how did they do that? The mouth stuff. And now I watch it and, and I'm like, like, that looks It awful. looks like Conan when they have yeah. Conan with the faces and they have the mouth for them. Okay, all right, moving on. The Oprah scene, they're on a plane, and he's a dick to a, like, a flight attendant who gives him water. He's like, thank you for the gift of water. Like, just say thank you. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and then he says, uh, he says that he has a book on mortality called What's This, A Dead One of These? Uh, yeah, and it's a joke that you have to do with your hand, so like on paper, the title doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. I didn't get the joke. <laughs> what's this? A dead one of these. He gets really... Or no, what's this? A dead one of these. Because it's like... Oh, I get it. With the hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. But if you don't do the hand, you just, what's this? A dead one of these. What does that mean? <laughs> Again, On paper, the joke doesn't work at all. These punchlines are just punchlines with no joke behind it. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It doesn't work. And he gets creepy with Alba. Like, he like alludes to, like... Ew. He asks her about, like, masturbate, like... He's girl on girl, and she's like, not since college, and he's like, oh, and that's when you get the boner joke. Gets kind of, like, he's really into her. Uh, yeah, and it's even creepier when he has her over later, but... He's got another book, though. It's called Stop Hitting Yourself, Stop Hitting Yourself, Why Are You Hitting Yourself? So there's that. Uh, her, she says, this is her thing. No guy, no guy wants to fuck Jessica Alba because the Bullard curse... Which is her dad bought the team, the Leafs, and they've never won a Stanley Cup ever since. Since he her dad died, yeah. And so now, now all the dudes they they think she sucks, even though she's like the hottest woman in the world. They're like, "Fuck you." And it has nothing Alba. to do with the talent what? of the players themselves. Yeah, yeah. Guess what, uh, Miss Alba? 
not buying it. There's okay? a weird Family Guy cutaway where she's at a game and she said, "Oh, they hate me." Cutaway. She's at the game. There's a visibility line. Which yeah, they had to paint a line from where the audience could see her and where they couldn't see her in the as stadium. As soon as she steps over that line, they throw soda at her and stuff and tell her she sucks. So yeah. cut back. It's real quick. And then we cue Roanoke missing shots at practice. We finally get Pitka to meet Roanoke, and I feel like this is too late. Yeah, no, it's like way too far into yeah. this movie where he actually does something that makes him seem like a guru. Uh-huh. He arrives on his carpet. He tells Roanoke his wife Prudence wants him back, and he's like, oh, great, and he does a great job. He lied. Pitka told him a flat-out lie to prove a point. That he does better just knowing... Because he's, he like, he's like, this blood. has nothing to do with my wife and I and getting the, divorced, even though it has yeah. everything to do with it. Yeah. The Zamboni driver keeps getting hit in the head. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Pitka says some mean shit. Roanoke messes up once he reveals, no, Prudence doesn't want you back. And also, she's getting fucked by Justin Timberlake, Jacques Lecoq. And he goes, ooh! And he like hits pucks everywhere and he hits the Zamboni guy. And uh, he says, Roanoke, you need to write an apology letter and uh, I'll deliver it to her. It's, you know, one of those. Yeah, and he uh, says it very lecherously. This is weird. I don't know. uh, This character, I would not, I don't know. It's weird. The problem is that, like, to do a movie like this, you really have to make these lessons actually, like, so the audience goes, oh, yeah. Like I can see that, right. like, but no, it's all fucking These the suck. cheapest, lamest, easiest Why dad gag. Why did you gags. just say that you're sorry? Yeah. What? These lessons are not profound. <laughs> so that's what he does. He writes the letter, and the next scene, it's Jacques Lecoq in his rooster decal, like Trans Am, going into his mansion, which has that, a rooster on the gate. I don't know what song he's blasting, but yeah. the face he gives combined with that car, <laughs> that elicited a genuine laugh from me as he's pulling in. Goes to his mansion, and Pitka and his assistant, I forget his name, they're watching from the bushes, yeah. and uh, they're spying on Jacques. He goes inside, he sings Celine Dion, because why not? Just to see a funny guy with a funny accent sing he's a pop French. song is funny. Because he's I mean, French. Honestly, so. just let Justin Timberlake do anything. Like, yeah. you want to sing to Celine Dion? Sure, it's going to be hilarious. You know what? We're not going to pay for Celine Dion in this movie, by the way. We're going to see a long <laughs> shot of her, just like the fucking... Uh, yeah, What exactly. was that about? We learned... Just like Oprah. Also, that Jacques Lecoq is quite the chef. Yes, he's going to prepare a, a Canadian pizza. A, a Quebec pizza. A Quebec pizza. Which is a Pop-Tart with ketchup. <laughs> that made me laugh a little bit. So stupid. Seriously, the only chuckles I got were from yeah. JT in this movie. Uh, cue the guard rooster outside. Pitka's trying to get a better look outside the window, and he has a, like a guard cock, and the fucking rooster... Like, it's like a intense first-person extreme close-up. <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. This, this, scene kinda, this whole scene kind of made me laugh. I'm going to admit it right yeah. now. No, this scene doesn't make me laugh because the rooster is just taking the place of Mini-Me in Austin yeah. Powers 3 yeah, where they're fighting on the balcony. Like, it's exactly. the same thing we've seen this it, before. It wasn't the concept that made me laugh, though. It yeah. was the the way the first-person camera... I don't know why. Maybe it was because I was at work and I needed a laugh. I now, don't know. Now, there is the... You can apply the auteur theory to Mike Myers. There is authorship because there is waves recurring gags in different... Austin Powers... Love Guru. It's just not good authorship. It's just not good. The quality. problem is you need to understand that when you do a comedy gag, like that gag is done. Like you can't repeat that gag unless you're gonna make a quick reference to the first movie. Like it's okay that they repeat a couple quick things mm-hmm, in yeah. Spy Who Shagged Me that I, they did in the first one. By the time you get around to the third one and it's like Scotty Dude, like 
fuck you, movie. Like, <laughs> enough of this shit. You've done this three times. It's, he, we get what you're doing. He overestimated the value of his wheelhouse that he draws from quite a bit in yes. this movie. Uh, his bag of tricks has been used many times <laughs> over, and they're showing signs of wear. Pitka sneaks in. Now, it feels like he's met Prudence before, but I don't think he ever has, because she's very comfortable with him breaking into this house and giving her the letter because it's from Well, Darren. she knows who he is. Uh, yeah, you're, the, you're the guru Pitka, yeah. right? After you break into my house and yeah. give me this letter, I'm going to put this together. Pitka killed the rooster outside. And Jock tells him to stay away from his girl. And I like, the, he does, like, the European guys on Family Guy, like, when they say things incorrectly. Yeah. But, cause they, but they think it's right. Yeah. He says, uh, don't look at me with that tone of voice or I'll punch you in the shirt. <laughs> don't look at me with that tone of voice is funny to me. Yeah, because they didn't, again, that's, that's a funny gag in this movie because they're not... Uh, graphically pointing out this is a joke. Yeah, it just comes and goes, and you but, watch it, and, and it's, it's character. Nonetheless, based. a joke that is done on Family Guy. A lot. Yes. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I do. Now that you mention yeah. it, he probably did watch some Family Guy. Family yeah. Guy. Pitka goes back to his headquarters on Elephant, and he it failed the letter. He thinks it, it didn't go so great. And this is when I take my first break, and we're 28 minutes into the movie. Oh, my God. Uh, and we're at 56 minutes of this podcast, by the way. I'm going like, to stretch my butt. I'm going to stand up for a second. Ugh. The elephant shits when Pitka's asked if it worked. So yeah, that's his answer. That uh, uh, I'm 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 getting tired of it right now. You know, <laughs> this is like a little like half joke thing with Romani Melko is his fashion sense in, throughout the movie. Yeah, that's kind of funny. He looks like fucking Eddie Murphy in Delirious. Exactly. When he shows up with his buddies, uh, he shows up with his entourage, and Pitka tells him to stay behind, and then he basically disses his fashion, and then. Uh, once he gets inside, he gives, like, cock and blow me acronyms like he was earlier. Yeah, but they disguise the cock like yeah. his, his... Oh. Yeah, guys. You know what, it's if like... If you're 13, you're like, oh, they got away with it earlier. They uh, spent like, so much time, though, being like, look, like cock, the word cock is behind me, but you can't see the K, yeah. but I'm going to move just a little bit. Oh, you almost saw it. Yeah, cock. It's, it's By just, the way, cock, guys. Did you know cock? Hey, guys, cock. <laughs> it's just like the scene when Austin Powers is in the background and his dick's blocked out by things, except it's literally the word cock in this version. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he does that. Epica detects Roanoke's third eye in his forehead. It's a very strange, like, Dr. Strangey thing. Yeah. He sees it, and it's literally on his forehead, and he looks into it, <laughs> and he sees... Uh, what what does he get from that? Does he get anything from that? I don't. I forget. I don't think it was important because yeah. I don't remember a darn. I remember it happening and being like, yeah, it went nowhere. And then it cuts to a flashback. It's India, fifteen years ago. He's slightly older, and he gets the drama acronym lesson from Ben Kingsley. Drama stands for who gives a shit. He has it like distraction. Uh, fucking. I, all I remember is distraction. That's all I wrote down was the D is distraction. And this might be one of the grossest things ever is the stink mop competition. Yeah, I wrote down stink mop. Fuck this. Yeah. That's what I wrote down. Kingsley pisses in a bucket, and then he takes the bucket, and they put a mop in it, and they get two of them, and they both they're fight. Like, with they're like sword fighting almost. They're like piss mops. Yeah. Distraction, mops. regression, adjustment, maturity, action. All right. Okay. Uh, and, and it's important that you know that, and not to cut corners when it comes to drama, uh, but they're fighting with the mops. It's fucking gross. His opponent has jagged teeth like a shark. 
Yeah, that's weird. It's very weird. It's scary. And he and we can all we needed this scene for was to learn to not have bad distractions. That's it. That's all you basically you know can what? take from this. I needed that lesson. Yeah. And that we needed piss mops to yeah. actually display this message to the audience. And on the news, we got Gaffs and we got Coles again. Colbert and Gaffs. Gaffs and Coles. <laughs> and he says, I shivved the guy because he bogarted the wine that he made in a toilet. You know? Yeah. Like, I'm shocking, but I seem like I have it together. Keep it. I don't know. You keep that joke. Yeah. Uh, Pitka tells Roanoke he can't fight in the game that's his like caveat because now the game's on yeah that's it his first lesson is distraction you need to distract yourself and the way you're going to distract yourself is by not fighting on the ice at all i don't know how that's a distraction but then he does some fucked up shit he goes to the opponent yeah and he's like hey he just said you know he he says that roanoke's been talking shit about all of you guys right and now we're stealing shit from anger management where he's like trying to egg on the enemy to fight the other guy yeah which by the way I rewatched it. Anger Management holds up. I still like that movie a lot. (laughs) Anger Management is great, and it's all because of Nicholson. Yeah, I like it. And and, uh, John C. Riley. And Woody Harrelson. (laughs) (laughs) Because Adam Sandler is very restrained in that movie. Yes. Roanoke gets his ass kicked on the ice, and Steve Colbert, uh, Steve, uh, we know each other personally. Steve Steve Colbert. Steve Colbert. He says, I would not want to be his nutsack. Funny delivery. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Roanoke's hands, he's got, his left hand shakes when he's like nervous. Yes, that's his Like tell. Tom Hanks in Saving Private Ryan. I've never seen. No? No. Oh, great movie. Uh, he, but he's got this shaky hand thing. And he, he's got the yips. He, he goes okay. He's got the jimmy arms. He seems to be doing okay until someone knocks him out on the ice. And then, like, that's when Pitka has, like, this pink cotton candy beard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why? This, he's eating popcorn first. Yep. And he's and just he, shoving popcorn in his mouth. And it's all over and his And it's face. hilarious, you guys. It's all over his beard. Because he gets popcorn and, everywhere, yeah. you guys. And then he's eating <laughs> cotton candy. But they, it's weird, because there's, like, <laughs> you see Romney on the ice, and they cut back to him for, like, off. Oh, a half a second and he's got it like on his eyebrows and his full beard and it's a really weird like that shot was so fast it's like Donatello in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where did that hat come That's from straw hat. this is the yes this Google is, Donatello Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles straw hat <laughs> this is that kind of joke there are moments in this movie that I can tell you if I was like like high like I used to get where I was like <laughs> completely obliterated I would have loved that part I would have the, just the lost it candy yeah cause I would have just I wouldn't have known if it was in my head or what I'm what surprised is you didn't without the, the help cause you love this bizarre <laughs> but this pisses me off Roanoke's is like what is the deal? Why are, you, why are you having me do this? I'm getting my ass kicked. And Mike Myers basically just says, like, yeah, you're right. It's arbitrary. It's all arbitrary. None of this fucking matters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this movie doesn't fucking okay, matter. Okay, great. Roll credits. We yeah, get this, it. Yeah, this is the point where, like, you have not, like, now your character is just proving to us that he, it doesn't make a difference. That he's, nothing yeah. that happens in this is with any thought at all. Yeah. And he's disguising it almost like Zen. And there is a certain Zen, like, you can get some catharsis by realizing nothing means anything, but that's not what we're doing in this. No, no. he's just arbitrarily yeah. choosing the opposite, or, yeah. you know, that's he's more just of a Buddhist like, thing whatever. anyway. Yeah. And Roanoke tackles Jacques because he says, I could do whatever I want. He says, Yeah, it doesn't matter. He says, uh, Hit anyone for any reason. 
So he hits Jacques, he knocks him out, he gets a one-game suspension. Boo! The, the consequences turned into two this, games when he whacks Vern Troyer with the puck, too. No consequences, really, mm-hmm. except for that, which is in the scheme of the movie is nothing. And Roanoke pelts Vern Troyer with a, a puck after knocking down Jacques because hit anyone for any reason. Mm-hmm. Now, this is flat out like a hate crime on mm-hmm. a little person because he hits him with the puck, Myers watches it, he cracks up laughing and says, mm-hmm. I love my job. That yeah. is fucked when up. What is this? That's fucked up. You know up. what? That was Mike Myers saying that. I, I think <laughs> he loves like, the fact that he can he can tell a little person, go debase yourself. Yeah. And I'll give you money. It and makes he does it seem it. like he's a very evil person, but I like maybe when he shook Vern Troyer's hand, he just shook a little too hard and he pretended to be his friend all those years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. But maybe we're uh, uh, he says he picks up Vern Troyer, he does the Oscar joke, which was in the trailer. They really mm-hmm. leaned in on that in the trailer because he drops them, and then he says, "Oh, these like he says these things are heavy." And he says, "Put me down." He says, "Okay." He just fucking drops uh, Vern Troyer, and all that is in the trailer. And people, and how dare you, Mike Myers? Even okay, I get the whole trope about like give me an award, yeah, and I'm gonna break the fourth wall and do it. That how dare you even think? That your movie deserves <laughs> to even reference the Academy Awards. Well, I don't know. You know, I'll be honest with you right fine. now. The Academy Awards mean nothing, and I think that they have just recently proved that these with mean the nothing at all. Movie category. When you're stacking it up against the Love Guru, it's about as prestigious Guys, as it gets. Do you think Love Guru would have been nominated for popular movie category? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I would think, like, I would think that even the Razzie people would be like, "Do we really have to honor this movie?" You know, how many Razzies this one? Yeah, here's the thing: Um, the best you're gonna get awards wise, aside from the Razzies, Mm -hmm. with a movie like this, BAFTAs, MTV Movie Award. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Nick Teen Choice Award. Oh yeah, that maybe maybe Myers wants that surfboard, baby. (laughs) So we this part I like. And it's just because the aesthetics of Vern Troyer's office. It's very yeah. being John Malkovich-y, uh, seven and a half floors. But again, know. it's just a gag from being John Malkovich. Yeah. But, but they really... so small. They, that's why I like it. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, when, when you said everything's so small, I was like, wait a minute. Is he going for it? What is this? I, I, was, I, I didn't get it until... Uh, Stupid. That's for your Seinfeld fans. Uh, his, I like <laughs> The Office. <laughs> What are you laughing at? I pulled up Love Guru, Uh and this is what came up. It's a 2009? It's a different movie. What is this? That's a different movie. It's like a dude in a Robin Hood outfit with a bow and arrow. Dude, it's fucking... Uh, That's one of those, like... one of those it's Adam Driver dressed like Robin Hood. It's one of those straight to DVD sequels that they try to fool you into thinking it's the right movie. Alba tries fighting Vern briefly. And uh, Pinka says we must take Roanoke back to his childhood. We need to get his mother to his games. Like, that's a key to his whole psyche. Yeah. So then we get the shower scene pointless. It's him with, a like, a beard net and cap, or beard cap, and he tells Roanoke, we're going to see your mom. He says, what? He says, okay. Now they're in a car. Great. All right. <laughs> they're, and he, the meta Add joke. the time a little bit. The meta joke with Bohemian Rhapsody on the radio. Yeah. And he looks at the camera and he just kind of, like, it's a straight face. Like, I'm not going to do this. He quickly changes the channel to something else. I Literally. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, one, to honestly. me it's, it's like. it's so li- brief that I'm like, I almost forgive it. But it's also like. Live in the past much? Yeah. Do you Can you make any new jokes? Like. 
Um, it makes okay. you. That was great. Mike's got some. Yeah, we got some news. breaking news yeah. just came across my desk. It's got seven Razzie nominations. Mm-hmm. It won three of them: Worst Picture, one; Worst Actor, one; Worst Actress, Just Galba uh... nominated; Worst Supporting Actor, Ben Kingsley and Vern Troyer were both nominated. Uh-huh. Mike Myers, Worst Screenplay, one; okay. Worst Director, Marco Schnabel uh, nominated; and Mike Myers, Worst Actor of the Decade, along with Kevin <laughs> the Hat nominated. Worst actor of the decade. And I know they. I've heard this before. When you show something in a shitty movie that's better, you make you think of that. You think of Wayne's World now. You think of Bohemian Rap that scene, and it's not good to do that because now I just want to watch Wayne's World. Exactly. I don't want. And that's kind of what he's hoping for. He's like, remember, maybe I can still get by on that Wayne's World credit I got back in '92. Guys, remember, I was funny at one time. I just wanted to say. Anyway, back to my new movie. Please love me. They go to a Methodist church to meet Roanoke's mom, and it's the Family Matters mom. Yeah, Uh, the aunt from Family Matters. The aunt. Yes, she's the choir director. Uh, she punches her son in the face. Or, yeah, it's son. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, she calls Guru Pika the poor man's Deepak Chopra. He gets a little offended by that. And Roanoke's hands... I, I did like the use of the poor man, like the yeah. phrase the poor man's, because we use it so often, and yeah. I don't hear it enough in other people's <laughs> conversations. The poor man's. Uh, Roanoke, we, now we see his hand is shaking, uh, especially with his mom. We... Mm, it's all coming together. He's got the Jimmy arms. And he's wearing that delirious jumpsuit. And he's looking yeah, he, real good. Oh, God. <laughs> he looks like he's about to... Like, you ever been hit by a shoe? You ever have one of those problems? <laughs> <laughs> so, he, this is kind of a joke. Pitka says to um, Roanoke, Well, I hear you rapping, Sister McCrappin. When he's, like, talking to him after the mom meeting, he says, this was a bad idea. We shouldn't have come. I hear you rapping, Mrs. McCrappin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so moving on. Okay. <laughs> They're hanging out at a This episode should be subtitled, just moving on. <laughs> They're hanging out at a bar, and Pick is making diarrhea yeah. noises into a cup. Yeah. And, and I guess Romney Malco is so immature that he's oh, like, he's oh, loving it. that's pretty funny. He calls him a ball gazer. He makes him look down at his, that game where you look down to your hands. Again, all circle. shit from like being 12 yeah. years old. Like yeah. it's just Mike Myers lives it in his sixth grade self. Yep. And the voiceover machine comes back briefly in this bar scene. Uh, for the, you know, it, and it will return again. Cue, Don't worry, guys. Cue Rob Hubel and Daniel Tosh. It's yeah. two good old boys in flannels yeah. showing yeah, up. Yeah, both, in my opinion, Rob Hubel and Daniel Tosh, much funnier than this movie. I oh. could give up. I could not care less about Daniel Tosh, but I do. You do like, like Rob Hubel? I do like Rob Hubel a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, he's. Fun. I feel like Rob Hubel is like, what are you doing? And like, you don't even do <laughs> Why anything. Are you in this here? Movie. He's not even. It's ba- is it? Could you even technically call it a cameo? He's just. Yeah. He's barely an extra in this movie. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a featured extra maybe. What it is? It's a thankless cameo because usually yeah. with a cameo like that and a celebrity like him, there's they add some value to it. But in this, it's just he's there. He's just there. He's just yeah. there. Uh, mm. And they start a bar fight. There's a big fight there. Uh, the, the, what's I thought of Mike when the nerd gets up and he gets a beer spilt on him, and they like they hold on the nerd's face, and you think that the biker's gonna fight him, yeah, but the then nerd the nerd punches, punches the biker. <laughs> but the way it's shot, it's just the pacing of it is so uh-huh, dumb yeah. and artificial. It's almost like something out of a Tim and Eric deal. <laughs> it is. And two little girls be 
beat up Pitka at the bar? Where are yeah, there girls were two little from? girls there randomly. That's another. Th- I don't like that when kids trope. Show up like in like where like there's a big fight and then all of a sudden you're like, where the fuck did that kid come from? <laughs> who's somehow beating up that adult? Yeah, yeah. and the whole thing, you know. I'm... And they're usually in uniform of some kind. It's yeah. like Girl Scouts or something. Cue next Family Guy. No, this was a Simpsons joke. No, it was both. It's when they get thrown out of the bar and Hubel has a chunk of glass. Yeah, Stewie had this going on once. Mm-hmm. It was a big chunk of glass out of his forehead. Yeah. Yeah, you just see a little line and then he turns his head and it's this... Yeah. yeah. And in this, like, he pulls it out immediately and they just start cracking up. Yeah. And if it wasn't in Family Guy, I would have laughed harder at this, but I still laugh because I love this stupid dark humor of a piece of glass well, it's, it, well, it's, it's, it's also you know it's a it's a super uh super bad or joke or no is it super bad or 21 jump street with shit sticking out of no, no where, yeah where he's just like i got stabbed oh yeah that was that's in, uh, awesome that was in 21, 21 jump, street. jump street yeah yeah um they get thrown out there's a damn the damn moment we establish here yeah the damn Roanoke moment. has this little personal <laughs> thing going where he recalls fondly when prudence and him would lay in bed and she would just stare into his eyes and just say nothing but damn you know yeah real romantic and he needs he needs a and pitka hears this and he goes i want a damn moment and he's celibate you know you got to keep that in mind he's going through his yeah. own struggles here yeah he, unless it's post-coitus nobody's staring into each other's eyes and being like Damn, like, like that just doesn't happen like this. <laughs> the three girls named Ann joke. He gets uh, Ann job and whatever. Uh, he has a pr- Roanoke has a prude tattoo on his chest. It's his it's uh, Prudence short, uh-huh. and it's he reveals it, and it's on like his peck. Uh-huh. And it's like don't need it, but it's kind of funny <laughs> that Prue is on his. Wasn't it over his heart? Yeah, like, I think I, it was. I, yeah, so I mean. It's not supposed to be funny, but I laugh. No, but like you start with movies like this, you start to when the when the jokes aren't funny, you start to just make find, find your own jokes. in other things <laughs> that aren't really meant to be funny. Like when we went to go now, now you see me isn't supposed to be funny, but there was so many unintentionally funny moments when we went to go yeah. see Now You See Me in the theater. Yeah. Like the scene where Dave Franco gets in an accident intentionally, <laughs> and, it, and it's just a head-on medium shot of him driving the car, and he goes, <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Alba shows up at Pitka's, this is the date scene, and then, then cue the next pop song that he covers on the sitar, and it's more than words, and he's playing with his assistant who's on acoustic. It's not a bad little cover, but it's stupid. No, it's it's fine. Yeah. And but he, we got an Indian food scene. You know, isn't Indian food crazy? Because they seem to yeah. think so. Because here it is. He's got uh, nuts in a slug. Is nuts, one of them. and it's nuts got like in a, a sling. A sling, and it's a oh nutsack shaped like With pastry nuts. Yeah. yeah, and and the assistant breaks the nuts, and he's inside. like, oh, and every oh, time he oh, hits it, old, yeah, for what? For fucking what? Like, what is he this? says Geronimo, which is the safe word. They have a safe word. Uh, uh, you know what I can tell a movie? I know when a movie's bad, but you know how I can tell how? when a movie is really bad? Yeah. When, you know, I'm sitting in the middle of watching it, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, I start questioning the meaning of my existence. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Like, why is... This scene made you what, do that? What is my life led up to where I'm here watching this volunteer? Terribly right now. What signed up for a podcast? Maybe. I guess, but like it's just it's, it's almost spiritual watching something this horrid. Yeah, it's like uh, that movie Martyrs. 
that the pain is a spiritual never saw it but i uh, bought it on voodoo that and ichi the killer and audition i'm gonna have a really disturbing evening you're in for a fun night Uh, (laughs) the alligator soup and make it snappy line was in the trailer and he says he explains the joke oh uh, that's the which is like the worst humor i guess lots of forced 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 laughter yeah. from Jessica Alba. Just, oh yeah, this is not real. People don't laugh like this. This is this is the kind of laughing you do yeah. when you have a gun to your head <laughs> and they're telling you find this funny. <laughs> but she's so one note. She goes on like, yeah, well, time to feel sorry for myself again about this curse, this Bullard curse again. And he uh, he she goes in for a kiss. She goes in for the kiss with him. She tries to initiate. He gets that boner. Q ping. But he can't do it, and he can't explain why because it's a movie. And structurally, this is the part where he just it's can't the lost tell point, her. I guess. He just can't tell her how he feels, you know. And she runs away. And uh, who who fucking this cares? is a this is a perfect example of a movie like fuck the stupid romance element of this movie. Just take this bullshit out. We don't need it at all. The movie is about him curing Romney Melko. So like, why do we need his bullshit in here? Whoa, this is. Legit. I'm at the point where I'm getting angry because this movie we're still talking about it now. It's so fucking terrible. Episode's over, guys. The episode's over. Uh, at the game next day, Vern Troyer is telling Jessica Alba, she's a rich b- girl. She knows nothing about the game of hockey. And that's when he gets a good nut shot. Like, Troyer punches Pitka in the nuts. It's like a cheap shot. Yeah. And Alba leaves. She's sad. She's feeling sorry for herself because of what Troyer said. Pitka tries comforting her. And she mm-hmm. snaps. She's like, get this shit taken care of. Like, seriously. Yeah. Fix Rowan It's that moment where she's just like... I'm an insecure person, so it's that moment where if I was making headway with a girl and she talked to me that way, I'd I'd, ru- I'd torpedo the relationship. I'd be like, "What do I do? Are you mad at me?" And like Are way going over the top, trying to fix the problem. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, the only way to react in that is I don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh, Deepak will get Pitka's job if he doesn't succeed, and Jacques. Is doing some karate dancing later at night at a nightclub with Yeah, they're at a nightclub for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... Ooh, Celine! Yeah. And then we cue, like, a bad Celine Dion body double who is there at the club. Because Pitka shows up with, backstage with his assistant. He's like, we need to distract Jacques Lecoq. Mm-hmm. I got just the no, thing. No, it's supposed to be Celine Dion, but they didn't want to pay for Celine Dion. <laughs> so they're just going to shoot her in a really wide shot and, it like, use a body double. It's a person. It's the same thing they did with Oprah. So the joke is... <laughs> Pitka Sorry. says to his assistant... <laughs> just... What is it, Mike? <laughs> that wasn't that funny. <laughs> Pitka says to his assistant, I got just the idea... Did he call Celine Dion? Did he have her come? Was she already there? Is that he, really her? He's I got some know. kind of a uh, telecommunication. Whatever. She's instantly I'm there. Delirious. This movie. I'm um, still in it, guys. A hundred and ten. I'm. I'm. I'm with you. You know. I'm it's in just it. this is. Since, we could go another hour if you want. We could go another hour. All right. Yeah. So Pitka makes a martini for Prudence. Mm-hmm. Uh. Pitka makes a team mm-hmm. for Prudence with his assistant. He asks if she asks her if Jock is the right guy for her. Mm-hmm. And is he, he the right guy he, or the, the right, right now guy. guy? And he says she has love with knowledge with mm-hmm. Darren. Like it's like a profound thing, like mm-hmm. a relationship. And there is a funny shot where it cuts back to JT dancing. Yeah, you know? he's goofy. He's like, and Celine is quote unquote Celine is still performing. <laughs> well, up maybe on stage. laugh so much was. 
thinking back because the Oprah thing got brought up how awful that is when she... What, the, the what CG you, thing with the yeah. JFK mouth? No, with Oprah. When oh. she, a Guru Petka, like, when they, like, make it sound like Guru she's saying, Petka. Guru Petka, but it's, it's a sound like. Yeah, I think it's uh, a, from it's Mad just, TV it's just, Oprah. It's just terrible. But, uh, he's, uh, Jack over here is, the, the, Darren's, <laughs> Prudence says that Darren's mom is kryptonite to him, and Jacques overhears this. Mm-hmm. And like he's like, ooh, I can use ooh. this against yeah. him. Ho ho ho! And so Darren, his, and like, as much as I love him in this movie, his character is also useless. Like yeah. all of these secondary characters are useless. Uh-huh. It just needs to be about him curing Romney <laughs> yeah. Malco and yeah. his wife. Like we don't need any of this other sub shit. Yeah, and that, like next scene already. Darren, like, and Prudence are in the same room. You'd think they'd build up to that, but, like, here we are. Nope. The, he's there, and he gets on his knee, and he begs for forgiveness. And this is the whole point of this scene is that Pitka cut some corners because Alba put mm-hmm. the squeeze on him, and he wants to meet Oprah, and he wants that money, and Oliver is really, like, put upon, really, like, we need we need this gig. Mm-hmm. So they cut the corner, and he his assistant says, you're going to regret this, because ultimately Prudence forgives him. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see how he cut corners at all. I, this makes no at sense. At the club, this whole he, plot he thing says, makes no sense. Do you really love I feel like you guys have love with knowledge. Go uh-huh. to him and they and she forgives him. It has nothing What's really to do corners? with corners. Yeah, I don't understand it at all, but it's, whatever. But that's like the narratively that's how that's where we're going. They're saying you're going to regret this, Pitka, and he does. And uh, the Kings are one win away from a Stanley Cup victory now because now Roanoke's back on top. Prudence has forgiven him, and uh, he scores immediately after his suspension. Mm-hmm. It's a little quick montage where we're now up to game five of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, this Stanley Cup, it's the movie's it's been building up to it, but it's like Nothing. Yeah, 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah, yeah the, they won. Like, <laughs> they, the Leafs lost the first game, three games, and they won three games, and I was like, they're all tied up. The crowd loves Guru Pitka. They got uh-huh. their fake foam beards and their hair uh-huh. that they're wearing at these games. And uh, Jay Kell is Stephen Colbert. The Kellistrate. He, uh, he does the, the Kellistrates. That I kind of liked. The Kellistrate. No. Now this is something you get in a lot of sports movies. Is Some character or somebody, there'll be a maneuver or some move. Like the uh-huh. annexation of Puerto Rico in Little Giants. Yeah. But in this, it's the, the fifth hole. In the goal between yeah. the legs that yeah. he kelestrates in the monitor. That's not what made me laugh. The fact that he calls it a kelestrate yeah. is and what made me laugh. The signature shows up in red yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Says, <laughs> yes. it's stupid. Yeah. But, and then it oh we you know what? It looks like a dick. Yeah. Uh-oh. You yeah. would think now you would think that the <laughs> That's leaves, hilarious. you would think that the Leafs and the LA Kings are the only two hockey teams in the world because they're the only team that they play in this movie and of course they're in the Stanley Cup so of course they'd be the only team mm-hmm. they play but as far as I'm concerned it's a Leafs and Kings movie only and Oliver tells Pitka he's finally going to be on Oprah yay yay but it's 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 an empty victory for Pitka because he knows deep down that he cut corners and uh, it's just he's still not happy you yeah. guys I don't know. Apparently, he cut corners. He knows deep down. Yeah, this is all like very. I'm. I'm. I, I knew this movie was formulaic when I watched it, but breaking it down is really it's, opening my eyes now. When you take a look at it and you stare the the horse yeah. in the eye, it's uh, something. Something's missing it's here. Rough. Yeah. Alba <laughs> says uh, she pays Pitka the check. Finally, Oliver is happy as a pig and shit. He's like, "We can finally go. We'll be in the car. We got yeah. the check. Let's yeah. go." And uh, he tries to tell her 
uh, Pika now that he he has a vow of celibacy, mm-hmm. but he just cannot tell her. And she, like, once again embarrasses herself because she doesn't realize maybe that he has a vow of celibacy. He kind of alludes to mm-hmm. it, but doesn't outright say it. She's just that uh, empty-minded that she doesn't understand this, I guess. <laughs> so... Uh, Colbert is now high on TV at the desk. He says, I like the Christmas babies, Trent. Uh, that's a joke. He's, uh... What, what is... He's back on the, uh, I he's guess like, he's he, back on he, the peyote button. He just, he just says, you're back on drugs again. Yeah. Yeah. It's as if Mike Myers doesn't know what drugs do to somebody. Yeah. So he's just, just call it drugs and yeah. then, like, <laughs> people will put the pieces together themselves. Yeah. At this, it's, it's, I bet the script was more like a Christopher Guest treatment. Like, in this scene, you will do this, and it's kind of up to you. I would really like to see the actual script to, like, The Spy Who Shagged Me or, like, Gold Members. Or, like, just, what did yeah. you put on paper versus you just dicking it around with the camera? Pages. Yeah. <laughs> it was more of a treatment. <laughs> it's 20 pages. Yeah. It, was, it was an outline. It's just it's a, a paragraph. It's just a drawing of what Austin Powers would it's look like. Just the pitch. It just says bad teeth in parentheses. (laughs) He's British. On a full piece of paper, typed out in courier. Bad teeth. (laughs) Uh, Elephant goalie gag. There's an elephant there from the circus. It's not... What's funny is it's not Pitka's. It's just from the circus. No, why is there an elephant there? So it could come back later. No, I mean, like, was there a reason? Oh, it was... You know how they do, like, the halftime, like, games with the... Uh, Like, shoot from half court kind of thing. Yeah, so Some kids are doing that, and the elephant is standing there with a, a stick in holding its trunk. It, yeah, holding it's, it's, rap- it's kind of funny and cute <laughs> to see an elephant with a hockey stick in its trunk just standing at a goal. <laughs> kids are trying to... <laughs> yeah, now that you think about it. That is kind of cute. <laughs> so Jacques gives a pep talk to his team in the locker room. Uh, Pitka's at the airport. He sees Darren's mom on the TV has shown up at yep. the game and Jacques' plan, I guess, has unfolded. And he's looking really... And he starts to think to himself... God, oh no! Yeah. He the knows this is a problem, yeah. and Roanoke's left hand is is now shaking again. Yeah. Pitka tells John Oliver he's going back, and Oliver mm-hmm. tries to persuade no, him. No, 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 no! Stay! No. We're getting on that plane. <laughs> you wait your turn, Roberta. <laughs> Let me quick digression. <laughs> yeah. On last and then, week tonight, and then he runs back and gets the Cinnabon. Yeah. But on last week tonight, here's how I'm going to break it down. This is an Oliver thing. He likes to make a joke. And he likes to refer to whatever the graphic is above him on the left as a person that he knows. Yeah. And he turns to the screen all the time and he always goes, You wait your turn, Roberto! Or, Shut up, Karen! You yeah. shut up! That's an you, Oliver you, thing. You know it was embarrassing. You know it was embarrassing. And it's the picture of one of the PAs yeah. just like with yeah. his hands up shrugging. No. <laughs> anyway yeah you guys want to do another hour <laughs> we're at hour 25 uh so he goes back to the game roanoke's locked himself in the locker room like a little baby because his mom's at the game yeah and pitka calls alba tells her he's coming mm-hmm. distract everybody yeah you almost want to be like prudence you made the right call because this guy can't even handle his mommy he has yeah. to lock yeah. himself in the locker room he gets on his carpet and he's on his way to the game and this is the giant pet carrier he calls his assistant who is like uh on getting his the elephant on the plane but he's in this, this giant like, and he answers carrier. as if he's doing tech support yeah i do tech support newsflash that's not how it's call centers work no it doesn't just route you to a cell phone yeah, that's somebody just phone. answer your questions yeah, from like, anywhere in the world that'd be cool though wouldn't it i guess uh 
And then uh, El- Elba stands up for herself against the fans who are mm-hmm. still dissing her because that Bullard curse. And she says, you know, kiss my Canadian ass. Ooh, and they like that. Yeah. They applaud her. So her arc is complete, basically. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Pitka shows up, shows Elba his chastity belt, finally. And he, she's like, why didn't you just tell me that 45 yeah. minutes ago? We wouldn't have had this conflict. I wish she did. He coaxes Roanoke out of the locker room with, like, nothing. Anybody can do this. It doesn't take mm-hmm. a guru to go in there and say, you need to do this for yourself. That's all he does. Roanoke comes out now, and he says, Mom, I'm a grown man. And his mom's like, okay. What? And what? She, oh, I forgot. And You're she right. hugs him. And that's it. Yeah. That's All's forgiven. All it takes. Now, that is the biggest, one of the biggest problems of this movie is if it all hinges on saving this man, you didn't really go very far to save this man. You didn't really go through big lengths. He just doesn't did. do anything in this movie. The guru does nothing. <laughs> he tells you the obvious things that any human being should know about yep. life. Yep. And then he dicks around and prances and makes noises. Yep. And then gets on Oprah. Roanoke shows up. Scores again. What? He's still laughing at the Oprah voice. (laughs) What? Uh, He faces off with Grande in a penalty shot. Mm -hmm. It comes down to this. Because it has to. Yeah. The goalie Mm -hmm. and Roanoke, man. One on one. It has to come down to our hero and a guy who I guess was the villain. Grande says damn to Roanoke to fuck with him. And this is when he pictures... Him sleeping with his lady, and he pulls out his giant dick, and you hear it hit like the bed. Yeah, this gag has been running throughout the movie. It was in Goldmember, where he like takes out his dick, dick. and it hits the ground. What is so? What is supposed to be funny about a a giant dick? Like, why is that funny to us? Like, oh, oh, god, I'm uncomfortable by this enormous penis. Like, it's not a joke. And here's the thing: big dicks aren't good. I've had this discussion. Most women would, especially, I don't know how big this dick is, but when you hear a thud, it's too big. (laughs) You can only, I think, four inches in the cervix is where you get the feeling. And if you go further past that with a giant, you're just going to hurt them. Yeah. And then uh, Troy, he snaps out of it. He's back in the game. Yeah. Troyer fakes a heart attack to distract the mm-hmm. audience more because Roanoke is frozen now ever yeah. since that damn callback. So they come in and do the paddles, and guess what happens? He what happens, Mike? He flies across <laughs> the ice, <laughs> and and goal. He's got a funny. Scream. And the guy Let's that does do the goal sound wakes up and goes, "Oh!" and hits a button and goes. Mm. But that doesn't count though, right? Because like it makes it seem like it counts, but it doesn't. No. Okay. So Pitka gets on the elephant from the circus and rides it onto the ice. And this is like the, the most disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is as as much as the piss mops were disgusting. This is a fuck you to the uh, audience, I he, think. He rides in and there's two elephants out there. Okay. One's female, one's male. You can guess what's going to happen next. He's on top of the male elephant. Mounted. Yeah. And he says, guys, like, check this out, basically. Yeah. And the, the male elephant mounts the female, and we cue Chris Isaac. Baby, do the bad, bad thing. And it's not a sitar cover. It should have been a sitar cover, <laughs> but anyway. Bad thing. And, then, and yeah, the elephants start porking right there in front of everybody. <laughs> while Myers is on the elephant, he is on top of the male who is fucking the female. And I have a real problem with that. <laughs> I have a problem with every element of this movie. There sh- as soon as you introduce a second elephant to this whole movie, I'm like, fuck this. You, and you cut during this sequence to two overweight 
fans in the audience who are men yeah, and women, and they fucking are like, and they're they apparently turned on. Yeah, they have a moment together. It's really just bad. Roanoke learns that he'll still be a hero. He doesn't learn anything. He learns though that he'll still be a hero if he misses the goal, and that makes it okay. And then Pitka says, I think you learned. Now, finally, no more cutting corners. You uh, believe in yourself. I think I put in all the effort that I need to put in as your guru. Yeah. <laughs> Roanoke, yeah. He makes the shot, of course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jacques Lecoq is beat. Prudence loves him. Every, all is well. Alba, the, the curse is lifted. Everything's good. Yeah. Pitka succeeded. And then Mike Myers and Kanye West in the crowd. Cheering. Oh, yeah. my and then, I love God. Now he says love. <laughs> I guess this is kind of a parody of when he was standing with him in 2005 in the wake of the hurricane. And he said, oh, yeah. George Bush doesn't, <laughs> care, Kanye. doesn't care about black people. Okay. If you guys want to see something aside from, if you're like, hey, what should I watch tonight to make me laugh? And you're thinking about the love guru. Forget that. Just watch the Hurricane Katrina toll-free phone line where Kanye West. It's not. Makes More Mike Myers really funny. uncomfortable. But he said, "Yeah, you know, you know the story." <laughs> so they did a telethon thing. He candidly said, "George Bush doesn't care about black." But people. he said, and it, Mike Myers turned to him in that clip. He like, said it so in a way. Intense. He said it in a way. Yeah, that almost sounded like. This man has escaped his own brain. No, he doesn't know what he's doing right now. What happens is it's it's so abruptly out of nowhere it's like a little where it's like Mike Myers is about to like transition to the next yeah. thing where they're gonna cut away and he's like, and now let's move to blah blah blah. George Bush doesn't care about black people. <laughs> and then yeah, he just has no. He's, like, he's just kind of nods. What are you fucking and doing? And not to get too, but how does Kanye West go from that to fucking defending Trump? Did you hear about Kimmel? Yeah, he called him out, and then he didn't have a good answer. For yeah, and then they asked. like they just cut to commercial because Kanye West froze up on guys you... like Kanye West. The only thing they want is attention, and whatever they can do to get attention, they're gonna do it. Yeah, because they're ch- children. I, I really thought he was trolling us with the, the pro-Trump stuff or defending him for the album, and I thought the album would be anti-Trump, and that was not the case. And now he's he's fucking losing his mind. Kanye West is has he ever had his Trump. mind? Fuck yeah. Kanye. West. I've said that since the day I saw him in I, person. I Not in to, person, uh, but like on screen. Per- since the day I hung out with him. I was, uh, <laughs> I was a fan for a little while. Uh, I thought he had some credibility. When working with John Bryan on a Punch hit- him in his stupid open mouth. His constantly open mouth. Thank you. Uh, when he worked with John Bryan on an album, uh, there's some credibility there. But now he's lost it. He's yep. kind of lost his mind. But uh, George Bush. <laughs> uh, back Sorry. at the locker room, Deepak Chopra is there and he greets Pitka and they have a little moment together and Pitka learns that he doesn't need to be the number one yeah. guru and that's fine. And then, or no, he doesn't have to be the next Deepak Chopra. He could just be the, the first number one, the Pitka. first guru Pitka. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we end in India. Ben yeah. Kingsley's there. Yeah. He's got a cane with his head on it. That's South Park now. We're in like... Yeah. <laughs> or Garth, the stick yeah. in yeah. Wayne's World 2. Yeah. And he looks at it, and anyway, what, what he learns is, uh, Pitka learns is that that chassis belt he wore since he was like 10 could have been taken off at any time. Yeah, it's got a latch on the back. It's well, bad. it would have had to. How else is he going to pee? Yeah, that's a good point. Or, or he, just, how the fuck is he going to grow How did he ever piss from, from 12 years old yeah. on? Like, you know, like that, unless that 
chastity belt was the size of an adult. Wash. Mike, you, you know. just blew you just blew my mind. It's so obvious. How did he ever pee for <laughs> shit? Know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and yet there's a, uh, a offensive like number at the end. I say offensive because they make Alba sing in this Indian voice, like cliched Bollywood Indian voice as she's dancing with in, legit Indian women and Myers is doing it's a I'm a joker, I'm a what is mm-hmm. that song? Uh um, fucking space some people cowboy. call me the space cowboy. Yeah, whatever the hell the name of that song is. He I think it's just called Joker. The Joker. The Joker. That's what it's called. By yeah. Steve Miller Band. He covers that on the sitar. And guys, didn't we have a great time? No. Um, well, my, what the choice of songs too. Like, I get. I kind of get nine to five at the beginning, but like, where the fuck does that song come from at the end? Why this song at the end? I don't know. Like, what does Why this have to do with anything? At the beginning? Yeah, it makes no sense. Nine to five, I get because it's like it's his trade. It's, it's his job. Out. Yeah, he's doing his thing, and like yeah. that makes sense a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Fuck the love guru. <laughs> Jared was really mad in this episode. I know. Well, I don't. It's also I really hot and uncomfortable in here. So oh, it's, yeah. You know. <laughs> but this movie. But yeah, it'd be if this movie were enjoyable, then it'd be a different story. <laughs> this movie's really bad. But you know what? We got through it, guys. Yeah, thank we did it. You guys want to do another hour? We can. I'm up for it. Yeah, I, I did want to uh... discuss. Um, we should go into detail about the careers of John Oliver, Jim Gaffigan, Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. all of them really. Let's start with Gaffigan. Now he had a TBS sitcom, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Hot Pocket. He did the Hot Pocket. Yeah. He does that thing where he fucking talks like this. He does the voice of the audience. Yeah, he does that. I think that's offensive. What Did if Colbert straight up started doing that on his late night show <laughs> just to fuck with Gaff again? Anyway. All right. I like to end on a, I like to end on a joke. <laughs> it's just a shame the movie didn't uh, yeah, no. do the same thing. Uh, I got nothing here. There's nothing else to say. This movie's terrible. Do you think, oh, uh, should we talk about the gong show? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Myers is on the Gong Show now. They're still doing it. Oh yeah. wait, is he the the He's fake guy, the blue eyed British guy who looks really like Dorian when he puts on the mask in the mask. <laughs> <Kind> of... <laughs> if his face wasn't green, he'd look like Dorian when he puts on the mask. He's really. Why do you think that covering your mouth with your shirt is gonna mute the noise? That's there's yourself. I don't know, man. That'll make it quieter. <laughs> Cut through like three. Why does you he don't do want that? It's, it's because his effort, career's washed. It's the up. effort that counts. Yeah. <laughs> do you think I'll just leave it with this then? My last question is: Do you think Myers will ever have a comeback, whether it's Powers or some other character? If he's gonna have a comeback, it's gonna have to be a dramatic role. You think so? Yeah. I do, I agree. I almost have to agree with that. Yeah, um, he's in. He has a small role in Bohemian Rhapsody. That's true. Uh, yeah. And I don't know the extent of that or the dramatic level of that. But it's funny how he's tied to Queen now. Ever since Wayne, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think it's a nice nod to have him like to throw him in the movie because yeah, he's fairly responsible for that yeah. song being popular. The thing with Mike Myers, I think he has screen presence, and I think he has the ability to act at least to a degree. Mm-hmm. But. He needs to move on. Like mm-hmm. this shtick. It means that you know that whole like 
I mean, that was cat I, in the you hat. know what? Just fucking stick to Shrek. I yeah. don't care. Like we Shrek's don't need to. Fine. We don't need to see you on camera. Shrek anymore. is inoffensive. Honestly, it's 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 fine. Yeah, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but it's fine. You know, maybe that I think you guys are both maybe going to maybe Myers should do more kids stuff, and then he can get away with this stupid kind of that'd, pro- that'd be fine. Yeah. PG, you know, you know yeah. what? Give Mike Myers push the, yeah, a push show. PG as far as you can that rating. And Give Mike Myers a show. No nope. show. Nope. On, <laughs> nope. on like a kids channel where he's like a host, like uh, a Rainbow Randolph or something. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you want to trust Mike Myers with a group of children. <laughs> These kids are gonna have nightmares. His name is Jared. That was not my implication at all. No, no rape. Uh, oh, so that's the Love Guru from two thousand eight. Uh, it was. It, it's a movie. It's a long eighty-seven minutes. We're I'll tell celebrating you that. the ten-year anniversary this year. <laughs> directed by a guy who never directed anything before or since this movie. He's apparently got a movie in development, but... Marco Schnabel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Love Guru, also known as number six on Ranker's listing of the top 20 movies that killed careers. Oh, wow. This is, what was this... number one? Do you know? Uh, okay. No. Alright. I don't know. I just remember this one. Probably like John Carter, and it was fucking, what's his name, Taylor, uh... Oh, no, number kitsch. one was that pirate movie with Gina Davis. Oh, Cutthroat Island. Yeah, yes. that was number one. That was McTiernan, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I don't even know what that movie it's is. It's bad. Mid-90s I adventure. Uh, but yeah, uh, I got nothing here. <laughs> As does the movie. Uh, so that's it. That's the Love Guru from 2008. A long 87 minutes, as I said. Um, don't bother. You don't need to. Maybe and out of curio- morbid curiosity, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it could be a good drinking game movie if you want to like drink every time he fucking says Deepak Chopra or Marishka Hargate <laughs> or fucking anytime he holds up a goddamn book. I, um, did, it, did it feel longer? Is that a dumb question? Because to me, it felt maybe just a little longer than its runtime. No, to me, I mean, it's runtime was fine. The movie actually moves along for me, but the problem was that the quality. I felt every eighty-seven of those minutes yeah. because what I was watching was so embarrassing. <laughs> so that's it for this week. I am Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Mike Clapoff. That's a wrap. Mm-hmm.